catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we'll have for you Hashtag Taiwan. That's Leslie Liao with his look at what's happened on the internet this past week. And he has something for you called Oh Taiwan. I'm just going to leave it at that, but I would strongly encourage you to check out the video version of that, which is available for you on the Taiwan Insider Facebook page. That's www.facebook.com forward slash Taiwan Insider. Also this hour, we're going to have status updates with John and Shirley. That's our chance to interact with you, the listener. But first up today, here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, May 26th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. In the studio today, we have Leslie Liao. Hello. I wasn't sure if you were here with us. I am here. Bit of a delayed reaction. I'm Andrew Ryan. Everything good over there? Oh my goodness. Wow, he's just looking at me. Okay, so why don't I introduce the stories we're going to Sorry, Andrew. About today? I'm, I'm a little slow today. Okay, everything all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. So uh, you're going to be telling us about uh, some of the storms we saw over the weekend, which caused a little bit of damage. That's right. I'm a little concerned about that. Did you feel the earthquake on Monday morning? I did not. Oof. But that was a thing, right? Was it was, it, a, was, was it a doozy? It was like 6.30 in the morning. I was like, is it going to be big enough that I need to jump out of bed? Uh, and it wasn't big enough. So was I it, stayed in bed. It was a doozy. It was a doozy. Okay. I think. Did it wake you, if it was enough to wake you up. Well, it might have been one of those things where I was about ready to get up and go get up that early? to the bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then go back to That's bed. That's fine. I might have been half awake. How's that? All right. Okay. Uh, so we're also going to tell you about uh, some interesting things that we are seeing now that Taiwan is starting to open up a little bit further. Taiwan never really properly closed. We had restaurants open straight through this global pandemic. But we saw some uh, new things we haven't seen for a while, like an orchestra performing for an audience. So we'll tell you about that and uh, what could happen with graduation ceremonies as uh, the kids are set to walk down the graduation aisle. Uh, and uh, a couple other stories uh, coming up later. We will... Uh, why don't we just uh, keep it a cliffhanger? Let's uh, let's keep it cash. One has to do with uh, mobility. The other one has to do with the one-year anniversary of a very important civil civil rights moment here in Taiwan. Did we already talk about that? No. It's not the one I'm thinking about. Nope. Okay. You know what they say, when it rains, it pours. Uh, and usually they're talking about salt. Uh, in this case, we're just talking about rain. Um, salt. Yeah, it's a famous line from like Morton's Table Salt. When it rains, it pours. That's where it comes from? I'm pretty sure it's to suggest no. that their salt doesn't like stick together. Like it's such good salt that it like comes out regardless of whether it's humid or not. The things I learn when I'm with you, man, it's it's, it's crazy. You blow my mind. I would suggest you Google it and make sure I'm just not lying to you. Well, uh, you could and you say it with such <laughs> conviction that I'm being convinced of it. How about you tell us what happened over the weekend in terms of real rain? 
I'm going to look it up on the internet and see if I can find when it rains, it pours. Yeah, so um, we got some warnings last week, actually, of torrential plum rain. And, uh, you know, Taiwan only really sees big rain when there's extreme weather, almost like a typhoon and things like that. However, wow, all I can say about the rain, were you, did you see the rain? Did you see substantial rain? I saw substantial rain yeah. uh, before I went to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. It was pouring so hard that I was afraid that I was not going to be able to get on my scooter and come to work. Is that right? Nuts, man. Nuts. In fact, I waited an extra 10 minutes. Taiwan is just one of those things where it's like, if you go somewhere like 10 minutes away walking, it, there, it might be like nothing, but like the next block over, it's like pouring pouring and um and that's why sometimes our our experiences can differ so much i sometimes wonder if we're in the same city well you know i live in xindian which is like uh the southern part of it's in new taipei city Mm -hmm. i just across the border and sometimes when i get up in the morning it is pouring i put my raincoat on i get on my scooter and i cross the bridge into taipei city and it's like sunny yeah or like vice versa it's sunny in taipei city and then like i uh don't wear my raincoat, and then I cross the bridge into Xindian, which is always rainy. Mm-hmm. It's always rainy. Is it always day. rainy? It's not always rainy, but it's the preponderance of rain is just, I mean, it's its overwhelming. Is it because it's over the mountains? Yeah, it's near the okay. mountains. I think that's it. Anyway, yeah. we digress. We digress, um, yes. What happened was they said that the plum rains are coming, and the plum rains are kind of, is, is it like a monsoon season, would you say? Kind of, yeah. 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 There's, there's not a whole lot of plums to be, you know, had. to be hit by during the rains, so I think it's not a connection to like what's falling it's more like what's growing i guess so however the rain that day the the, like there were there were huge 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 rain rain uh alerts um i think we saw massive flooding in parts of the southern city of kaohsiung um was there any flooding in taipei i'm not 100 percent sure taichung was said to be have spotty rain here and there Mm -hmm. um i visited my grandma she lives down in taichung and she was just like uh it looked like it was gonna rain and it felt like it wanted to rain but it didn't rain Mm, thank heavens for that. Yeah. Anyway, what happens is, you know, rain is always good when it comes to farming and agriculture, right? Well, too much rain is also a bad thing. And over the past few days, there have been about $19.8 million, New Taiwan dollars lost, which oh, is about no. 650, $660,000 US dollars worth of agricultural damage. And uh, they said, you know, m- most cities were hit by rain and... Um, the worst was Pingtung County, Yunnan County, Kaohsiung in the south. Like I said, heavy, heavy, heavy flooding down there. Mm. Um, there were the first day was the they they saw the worst three days over the weekend, right? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days they saw the worst. The first one was the worst one, thirteen point three million New Taiwan dollars. And then the next day was close to five million dollars, and the second day was one point five million dollars. Holy cow! Would you care to venture to guess what crop was hit the worst? I'm going to say, I know that watermelons are in season. Mangoes, maybe? No. Uh, lychees. No, I think not quite fruit. Not quite fruit, yeah. so tomatoes. And no. That's a, that's a not quite fruit. So rice was hardest hit. <laughs> oh. 455 hectares of rice were destroyed, mm. followed by corn, bell fruit, bitter melons, peanuts, and bananas. So luckily, your favorite stuff that you mentioned, mm. watermelon, lychees, didn't get hit. Is bell fruit, is that wax apples? Is I, that the, ooh. I'm not 100% sure. I have, so many, I have so many tabs open on my browser right now. <laughs> we can I, check but, it out. But I can report back to you in just a moment. Sure. Um, yeah, so Pingdong and Kaohsiung, they recorded the heaviest rainfall, reaching 600, 900 millimeters 
Which is, I'm, I'm never sure, like, is that for the entire city and they average out how much it fell by volume? Yeah, it's at any, yeah, when at any given place in the city. It's an average. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's, I'm not a meteorologist. And oh, you, I'm not either. Well, you always seem to have <laughs> Should a I look it up? grasp of basic knowledge of everything <laughs> that happens like that. Oh, goodness. Um, unfortunately, along with the agricultural losses, one an official from the Director General Highways mm. reportedly passed away while on Ooh. patrol due to the flooding conditions in Taito county Mm. so when it does rain in taiwan it is seriously no joke you guys Mm. um apparently we're supposed to be having more plum rain starting today okay uh, with the 26th okay so brace brace andrew bring bring your umbrella do you have a a raincoat i do have a rain outfit i call my rain gear for my scooter do it man all right you ready for some answers yeah um so the saying when it rains it pours uh comes from the morton salt company they use it in an ad to sell salt. Uh, they were trying to promote the fact that their salt pours freely even when the weather is damp. So there's that. Uh, may you, why is it called Plum Rains? Uh, this is actually used um, for all places in the greater China area that are south of the Yangtze, the Changjiang River, uh-huh. uh, including Taiwan, of course. Yes. Um, it is when the um, plums, the, uh, the so-called Jiangnan plums, are um are ripe and then uh, last thing that you asked about or we well i asked about it bell fruit bell fruit it is wax apples it is wax apples they are shaped like, like bells, bells. Huh? yeah oh, good good call yes all right well let's uh let's knock on some wood and other objects and hope that uh, we won't get too much <laughs> very nice that's me knocking on wood very good you actually are near some wood i was just gonna knock on my head and hopefully we won't get uh too much uh rain uh to the point where it's damaging but enough so that it will provide for our water needs yes. for the coming summer So I want to tell you about a couple of things uh, that we uh, have seen in the past day or two uh, that I think have been very nice. Uh, one thing I saw was that the National Symphony Orchestra actually played for an audience. The NSO, um, which is uh, yeah one of the premier orchestras in Taiwan. Not only was it an audience, it was actually a concert for 500 people at the National Concert Hall. That is a big big step forward in uh, Taiwan's reopening to the world in a more normal sense. It was the, uh, oh yeah, the National Concert Hall. They have been offline since Mm. February, I believe. Yeah. And uh, to run those places, the the amount of overhead that's required. So they've been holding on for dear life. Yeah, it's really tough. I know because that's a lot of people that are, um, you know, out of a livelihood uh, if they're not opening places like theaters and whatnot. Mm. Um, it was the island's first, the nation's first indoor performance with more than 100 attendees since the introduction of social distancing guidelines. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it was open to members um, of the uh, National Theater and Concert Hall. Um, and uh, But it said that the general public will soon be allowed to attend the concerts as well, which I think is great. So uh, the folks that were there on hand on Sunday night um, were treated to serenade for winds in D minor, mm. serenade for strings in C minor, and the well-known Taiwanese ballad Facing the Spring Breeze, Wang Chun Feng, oh, among others. I think that's one of my mom's favorite songs. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. And it's very, I think especially for people who are familiar with Taiwan and love this place, it's a very nostalgic song. Um, but they actually streamed 
uh, the concert live, which I thought was great too. They've been doing that a lot. Now, I want to tell you also about graduations. It is graduation season. So, of course, uh, you know, a lot of kids are hoping they're going to be able to graduate normally with their classmates, in front of their families and friends. Did you actually see in the States they already had a big um, graduation ceremony, like a collective thing? They had a big online ceremony and Barack Obama oh, really? spoke at it. Yeah, oh. You know, when he's there, it's always going oh. to be some good. Oh, man. I, no, don't make me cry. Okay, so apparently the uh, Ministry of Education... Um, has sent a document to schools and local governments saying that large-scale school activities like graduations will no longer be limited by previous restrictions specifying a maximum of 100 people indoors and 500 outdoors. However, they did say that people still need to observe social distance rules, need to stay at least a, a meter and a half apart indoors, a meter apart outdoors. Uh, of course, wearing masks is very uh, important. Uh, when you are unable to uh, keep social distance. Um, so, yeah, universities in Taiwan are adjusting their graduation ceremony plans. Uh, some schools are canceling, some are scaling down, holding smaller uh, departmental ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I think uh, in elementary schools, I saw some of the kids, they're uh, doing a couple classes together. Uh, they're not doing the whole grade at the same time. Um, sometimes they're only allowing one parent to come, which I think is kind of sad. Well, um, but what can you do, right? Uh, but I thought the neatest idea came from National Sunday University in Gaoshan, which is uh, going to move graduation to a beach. That's two two birds of one stone. That's your spring break and your graduation all in one, right? <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to go to like spring break with their parents in attendance. Uh, yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> you don't you don't want them. They don't want to see you like that. You want them to see you like that. But isn't aren't like there are like water fights at graduations in Taiwan? Is that a thing? Like water balloons and stuff like yeah. that. I think. Ah, it's been a while since I last graduated from Taiwan school. Yeah. So I'm guessing like, you know, if they're still doing that, then being on a beach should certainly make things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, now, another thing that, of course, they're requiring people to do is to, um, to you know, control who goes into these venues. Even if they're outdoor venues, they need to uh, make sure that people leave their personal details so they can be traced in the event that there is a confirmed case um, of a person who, who goes through that event. So you have to leave your name and contact information. Uh, you need to have your temperature checked. You need to get hand sprayed. This school has to like take care of spraying it's down the environment. I mean, it's all the same things that we see over and over again. Um, yeah, I think people are probably pretty tired of us talking about it, but it's important. I mean, there are people who refuse to do it. And like, not in Taiwan, not in Taiwan, but I do see on my social media, there are people who don't do these things, Andrew, and they need to be reminded like little children. I know. I mean, with little children, at least you can line them up and spank them. Oh, wait, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that uh, anymore. <laughs> you can call their moms and dads. That's, that's a good one. Uh, we did see there was a woman who was in the MRT refusing to wear a mask. And that video video went viral. Are we talking about the same one where she kind of got taken down? She had, well, she was trying to throw punches at a, a security guard. He was amazing how, how solid and kind of cool he was under pressure. Towards the end, he, he was like, have you had enough? Because she kept hitting him. I think every country in the world has people who are frustrated. Certainly, we're fortunate here in Taiwan, most people follow the rules yeah. um, without too much of a fuss. It is a little... Interest. I mean, I, I do have to say it is getting a little kind of inconvenient in that 
Taiwan has been kind of safe for what? There's been 40, 41 days without a domestic infection. Yep. And uh, what, how, however many days in a row we've gone zero. So, like, I feel a little safer without wearing my mask outside sometimes now. But a lot of establishments still won't let you in without a mask. So, like sometimes schools, when you forget, you're just like, oh, hospitals. man, I gotta go home and get a mask. I think the concern is, is, like, we've done so well. Like, let's say one person who's in quarantine, like, then is confirmed as a case, but they're, like, out, like, having fun going through public areas. If people aren't still wearing masks and stuff, if they let their guard down, then, like, one of those freak incidents could turn into an outbreak, That's right? true. And people just don't want to start from square one here. You don't want to. You made so much progress. You don't oh. want to unravel that. Oh. It'd be so quick to unravel that. I know. But it is interesting to see how they're opening uh, places up and how they're slowly but surely relaxing the restrictions. Hopefully, in a couple months' time, things will be a lot more normal around That's here. Right. And in your part of the world, where you're listening. All right, let's move on to uh, mobility scooters. Uh, apparently, the government is considering fining people for speeding in these uh, different types of transportation. Maybe you can explain what are, exactly are we talking about here. Well, Andrew, before we start, I want to ask you, when I say the two words mobility scooter, what pops into your mind? Well, I mean, I, I, I thought all scooters were for mobility. So, mm. But when I hear mobility, sometimes I think that it maybe has to do with people with disabilities. Yeah. It's a device that enables you know, people to get around, mm. maybe kind of a motorized wheelchair. They're absolutely, I mean, you're absolutely on the money, right? It's a motorized wheelchair to let people get around who really can't kind of get around. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this. The mobility scooters in Taiwan and the mobility scooters where I've seen in the States vastly different right okay whereas the ones in the states are kind of utilitarian four wheels an engine and a seat sometimes maybe a basket um the ones in taiwan they're built like moving citadels moving fortresses (laughs) like that's uh that's that that's the best thing i could say about them are you talking like 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 smaller golf carts almost it's like a single seat seat seater golf cart four wheels but a like roof, a right? roof, yeah. a roof. You know what kind of a, a scooter windshield. has a roof? <laughs> Some sometimes a roof. They've got like multiple baskets. It's like where are you going, man? Yeah. Anyway, you will see these occasionally, and apparently they're like when I say they're they're decked out in Taiwan, they pretty much decked out because they need to implement some restrictions here. Okay. Power, mobility scooters and powered wheelchairs could soon face fines if they exceed a speed limit. Okay. That's how fast these mobility scooters go. Well, how far are we, how fast are we talking? I mean, like, I, I want to say, like, I, I want to defend people with disability and their right to move as fast as the rest of us, right? I mean, it says it exceeds any speed in excess of 25 kilometers per hour, which is much what? faster than anybody can, can ever walk. Yeah, you can't, or run. Or run. <laughs> and uh, to think that there are people just, you know going around in these scooters that at faster than 25 like you you should need a, a license yeah you should probably get some insurance for that as well it should be regulated like an e-bike yeah an and electronic they, bike they yeah. did do that right uh-huh. if you've seen the the, the 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 wheelchairs here they're really no joke they're they're built like tanks mm. um and and there's also they can't exceed a speed limit of six kilometers per hour mm-hmm. while on the sidewalk and six kilometers per hour still a brisk jog Mm. Still a very brisk job. It is a very brisk job. Yeah, and they will. F- I mean, 
What's the the Fed? The fine is three hundred new Taiwan dollars, Andrew. That's twelve bucks U.S. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a little drop in the jar. Yeah, but in the tip jar. Um, yeah. What was happening is anything in excess of twenty-five kilometers per hour fine will be between one thousand two hundred and three three thousand six hundred new, uh, new Taiwan dollars. Okay, so how much is that? Uh, that's about thirty-six dollars U.S. to about a hundred and twenty dollars U.S. And Wait, um, you said six thousand. No, thirty-six hundred. Oh, okay, thirty-six hundred. And apparently, I didn't know this, but uh, there's an age limit on mobility scooters. Oh, under, really? If you're under the age of fourteen, you can't operate one. Must have license to drive. Yeah, but, but I mean, you can use a wheelchair or other types of uh, implements. It's it, we're talking about the fast kind, right? It's I, almost like a motor vehicle. Yeah, it is pretty okay. much a motor vehicle. And other things are included in this as well, right? I mean, doesn't this include like other types of scooters or like those like standy uppy things? And... Uh, what do you mean by standy uppy things? <laughs> like two wheels, like standing on that like are you a segway. segway? I think those are I think those are already regulated okay. because back in the day there was a whole thing about them catching fire, right? Oh, right. And then the government was just like, "All right, we gotta handle right. this puppy where it is." So, uh, I have to tell you, there was this one time when I was stopped at a red light um, on my scooter and uh, uh, an elderly gentleman in a mobility scooter uh, passed me uh, on the left-hand side and ran the red light. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> sir, you are courageous, but you probably should get a couple tickets for that. <laughs> he, he ran the red light in a mobility scooter? Yep. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, I don't have any answers, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think I, 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 my reaction would be like, um, okay, okay, elderly gentleman. Yes. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, no, no. They, yeah, really they don't, don't have care. any Fs to give, I yeah. think, at this point. I, it's funny because I saw him approaching very quickly in my rear view mirror mm-hmm. and I was like, should I get out of the way? Like, what's going to happen here? <laughs> was, mouth agape as he passed by. So, uh, so maybe these wheels are good. Yeah, I believe so. With how fast these things can go, they're powerful. Absolutely. All right, finishing up here. um, Now, the civil rights uh, moment that you were probably thinking about earlier in today's program was the passage of same-sex marriage. That I was thinking. Uh, What I'm talking about here is actually the legality of same-sex marriage because it went into effect on May 24th, which was this past Sunday... Uh, so that is the true one-year anniversary of the ability to get married here in Taiwan. Was that two years ago or one year ago? It was one year ago. Interesting. Yeah, does it feel like two years ago? It does feel like two years ago. We definitely covered it in uh, Taiwan Insider, so I know it was a year ago. That's a good point. Um, so uh, there is a very nice article in Focus Taiwan. They interviewed um, one of Taiwan's earliest same-sex marriage rights activists. Uh, they call him a pioneer of gay rights, Qi Jiawei, um, and uh, they just wanted to touch bases with them and see where uh, he thinks things are a year out. Um, do you know how many people have gotten married in the past year, I uh, think LGBTQ couples? Last I checked was 4,000? That is correct, okay. or over 4,000. Um, and does Qi think that uh, this has caused any harm or ruin um, of you know towards the institution of marriage or Taiwan society as a whole, uh, clearly he's going to say no. But what's very interesting is he says, you know, LGBTQ people are not saints. So just like heterosexual couples, their relationships will also involve people who cheat or scam their spouses. But you know what? Society has not disavowed heterosexual marriages because of this. It is entirely unreasonable to use that argument against same-sex marriage. 
Um, he also talked about how after same-sex marriage passed in France, apparently 300,000 people marched in protest. Um, but the following year, that number like, was cut in half and then halved again in 2015. And they've pretty much since then have died down. So I think it's just people getting used to it. The tides of time, my friend. I think, remember, we talked about how there's a survey of how pe- uh, 91% of people in town are just like, it doesn't really affect me. Yeah. Uh, now, there are a couple of things they're still uh, working towards. Uh, one is uh, cross-border marriage. So, in other words, Taiwanese people that want to get married to someone who is from any country other than the 28 countries in the world where same-sex marriage is allowed. So, in other words, if you are from a country that does not recognize it, Taiwan will not uh, allow that kind of marriage to take place within Taiwan. Change that to pave the way for more cross-national LGBTQ marriages in Taiwan. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Here in Taiwan. I'm Andrew Ryan. I'm Leslie Leo. Stay tuned for more coming your way on RTI. and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. This week, we're going to be talking about a controversial music video by a local artist named Fanny Liu. Now, Fanny Liu is an interesting case in that she's very pro-China in a climate where that's very pro-Taiwan. Her music video was quite unpopular at first. However, it gained some new life uh, in mid-May because of a parody that was created by a local artist. We'll dive into this very soon in Hashtag Taiwan. Don't go away. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about this lady, this dude, and these two music videos. Now, there's a lot to unpack this week, so let's just jump right into it. This woman is an artist known as Fanny Liu. She grew up in Taiwan, though she is controversial because of her pro-China views. RTI recently published a news article about how more people than ever think Taiwan should become a normal country, so Fanny's stance is rather unpopular. In the beginning of the month, Fanny released a video praising China. In the video, a man wearing green, which are colors symbolic of Taiwanese independence, attempts to remove Taiwan from a map of China. Check it out for yourself. Fanny lays the smack down on the guy and goes on to sing China's praises. She lists the Chinese provinces one by one and then in the end says, Oh, China. The video has not been well received. As of recording, it has about 2,000 likes and 42,000 dislikes on YouTube. As you know, people on the internet, they like what they like and they absolutely hate what they dislike. But there's only so much you can do about content you don't like, right? What do you want me to do, dress the drag and do the hula? I know, I know, it's a lot to unpack. 
That's Brian Tang. He is a self-made talk show host in Taiwan, and he has a background in biology and neuroscience. But he's committed himself to a career in comedy, and oh boy, is he good at it. Brian made a parody of Fanny's song, listing off Taiwanese counties instead of Chinese provinces. Brian's music video is a near shot-for-shot -shot remake of Fanny's. It replaces a lot of the lyrics and imagery with Taiwanese equivalents. And don't worry, Brian doesn't leave out the most important part. However, the fun doesn't stop there. If you look closely, the male model in both the videos are the same person. Now that's Guo Suting, and he's actually come out to say that he's thankful to Brian for giving him the opportunity to participate in the parody. Originally, Guo said he thought representing Taiwan in Fanny's video was a good thing, but he got a lot of backlash. Guo was worried that it was a career-ending move, but thanks to the opportunity Brian gave him, he said he felt like he redeemed himself. Now, anybody who is willing to dress themselves in drag and upload it to the internet certainly has my respect. Now, before we go, I'd like to actually encourage you to send me your ideas for a hashtag that I could do. If there's anything happening online in Taiwan that you'd like more information about that I could research and tell you about, don't hesitate to send us a message at www.facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider. I manage the social media accounts and you'll get direct access to messaging me. That said, have a great day and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Status update. Hello there, you've just tuned in to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. It's that program where we read your lovely letters that you write us every week to let us know what programs you listen to and what you think about them. But before we get to your letters, though, we're going to chat up a little bit on our, our, own, our own status. So, anyway... Hmm. So I, status. I yeah. would say wet at the moment. Oh, oh, true, true. Very wet, actually. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think yeah. of to say. Um, you know, you know. Do you own rain boots? I keep telling myself I'll buy them, and then I can never find them in stores. It's a weird thing because it rains so much here. I um, know. But well, I think you have to buy them online. Like I don't know what stores sell oh, them. Oh, online. Well, I guess you could do that. Um. You know, here, that's what it is with Taiwan weather, especially during this plum rain season. Yes, yeah, we, um, we have it, a whole season of just yeah. rain. So, you know, it can get, the downpour can be so bad, you really, really need rain boots. Last week, my street flooded. 
Oh, and yeah, same here. My shoes are still drying out. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I wear sandals to work. Can you see? I yes. Feel, I often like, so I'm not someone who's very picky about clothing, but I feel like at least wear shoes to work. But today I'm just like, I can't. Like, my shoes are all wet through. <laughs> yeah. See, that was the thing that I couldn't get used to coming back to Taiwan is that why do people wear these, you know, thongs or sandals on rainy days? Because I like to keep my feet dry. Right. And, and now can. I know why. Really you know, can. now I know why. Because, <laughs> um, you know, your, your shoes get so wet, you know, it's so uncomfortable getting, you know, sitting in the office in these wet shoes. That's happened to me so yesterday. that's so. why you wear these, just, yeah, these I sandals. I just gave up today. So now I see why, but I still refuse to wear sandals, though. So mm. I actually invested in a pair, well, actually pretty cheap, um, you know, uh, these rain boots um, a couple of years ago. But I hardly wore them until... These days, really, I just it's been can't pouring find out. them. Do you know where you can buy a pair of rainbows? Well, I actually went to Gongguan. It's where okay, That's they have really... like you know shoe stores along the uh, the Roosevelt Road. Okay, that's and a student sort of area. Yes, so there's so a lot of stuff cheap. for students, right? So they're cheap. And I actually, you know, I'm not into, I, I'm very picky about the kind of, even like rain boots. Mm. They have to be nice and fancy. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> check that out. They then. are hard to walk in. That's the problem. You have to be, you have to prepare for that. Right. They're really hard to walk in, well, you know, these rain boots. I really, but anyway. I really, the other thing I don't understand, and this is something about Taiwan that I still don't quite get, is why um, we have these very sensibly designed what they're called silo to keep people out of the rain also the sun and -hmm. what they are is basically um, any shops or even a lot of uh, apartment buildings are built this way they sort of overhang the Mm -hmm. sidewalk Mm -hmm. and it's like a corridor all the buildings are next to each other there may be small gaps but generally you can sort of like pass Right, so that's sensible. What I don't get though is why then they always insist on uh, making the you know the path that people for pedestrians down these sidewalks out of the most slippery materials possible. Oh, oh, I know. It's so dangerous. They like these fancy like faux marble. Yeah, that, and that's what they pave them with. And because uh, I think in some cases it's it's considered the shop owner's property. So you know it's not like a municipal like we were gonna you know, have lay down bricks here or something. So right. it's like a patchwork. Every yeah. shop front's different. And they all like to use the most slippery materials imaginable. And I so know. walking on a rainy day, you're out of the rain, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have to try and not fall over. I know. I've, and and actually, maybe we should have a word with someone actually here because coming into the studio just now, I saw someone come in through the main door and almost slip too. Yeah. Like, it looks nice, but it's not practical given our weather. <laughs> Especially if you're wearing these thongs, you know, it, they can get really slippery I wear, on wet in floor. Sh- in sneakers, it's yeah, like, well, yeah, true. you had like, to learn how to ice skate here. Because once my son was wearing these thongs on a rainy day, he fell and chipped his tooth. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I wonder why. That's a interesting thing about life in Taiwan. <laughs> they want it to look nice. I mean, I can see why it would look nice to have a shiny, you know, smooth it's fancy floor looking, in front of your shop. It's just not practical. It's not ideal, yeah. People, like, fall. I know, especially there's, you know, like, coming into work today. I mean, there were all these elderly, like, walking along the path, and and they if they don't have someone right by beside them to hold them if they slip you know That's, it's so dangerous it could be dangerous i wonder if they're like if the shop owner could be held responsible for that if someone gets hurt I don't oh, know. That's a very good question. <laughs> so, but, um, at least you know um, we're we're built for the rain here. So yeah. It just that's the one thing. Except you know, actually, I think 
um, I don't know how it works, but I, I think the government is responsible for that is because it? I think there were times when they want to like um, change um, the whole for um, the whole street, the, and they have to go to each shop to ask if they want to, and then you'll know like months later that some shops the front is all the same kind of um, height, con- yeah, same height and, and the same material. Because at first, when they first had them, it was a bit of an obstacle course. When they first, like a lot of these buildings were sort of thrown up haphazardly, and yeah. because they all line up, you get this nice corridor effect. But it wasn't really planned that way, so um, some shop fronts were higher than others, and so you found yourself stepping over. I think this yeah. government has at least like try sort to, of sort of tried to like make them all the same height, so yeah, at least try to make you it have uniform. a nice smooth. But the materials are still all over the place in some in some areas, right? So they have like ramps now, sort of. They put like in yes. concrete uh, sort of slopes, so that it kind of goes up and down, but you're not tripping over, right? If you're not looking where you're going, maybe for bikers, I guess, right? And also for people in wheelchairs, but um, but you know what? I mean, I think. Uh, I think some time ago the government is trying to uniform the whole pathway at, at least for in Xindian I realized but you see that they it seems that you they've gone up to each shop asking them if they want to change That's such a and then you nightmare. know which ones had said no because they kept the old way the, the old material but then the rest of the street is all in the new material it would have been nicer if everybody's uniform but is a democratic country. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we, can't, we can't do anything. You know, you can, you can rightly tell who said no to the thing and others who said sure, you know. So, so. I don't know if anywhere else in the world that has, because I've often wondered, like, I've been asked, actually, how do you translate Xilo into English? And I don't know. There's not uh, yeah. a word for it. Um, it's just the, and I don't know. I it's think, called pavement with a roof. <laughs> It's like a pedestrian, it's like a sidewalk, but it's covered because all the shop fronts and they all form a nice, neat row. And mm-hmm. so you're out of the sun and rain and it takes like a whole paragraph to explain. Yeah. But, uh, hey, that's a, that's a, that's a program for Curious John. Why is it called, I bet there is, why it's called Chilo. It, it probably used to be called something else and then it kind of changed over time and now it's become Chilo and nobody knows what it what But it, older, like historic buildings have this as well. If you go to yeah, the so-called... Yeah. Um, these uh, old streets, yes, as they call yes, them, yes, they're they're nice. sort of been, they've sort of are uh, uh, lines of old shop fronts, a stretch of road that's been preserved as it used to look. Um, yeah, they have those it's too. So nice. And they're usually made out of nicer materials, like oh yeah, very fine, handsome brick buildings. Mm. But uh, they, I mean, so they've been around for at least a hundred years. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, wow. it's a it's an aspect of life in Taiwan that's just one of those things. Um, what a smart thing to do because yeah. it rains so much in Taiwan, you know, to have this chilo. Yeah. We kept, I mean, people. Don't you, I mean, it is a pain, like to take your umbrella out and then put it back and then open it again, and so this <laughs> and kind of just there are gaps in between where there's no yeah. This I know, just no kind roof. of like gets rid of that problem altogether. There's long stretches of road where you can walk without getting rain yeah. on. I know. Um, I just it's, wish they weren't so slippery. Yeah, I know. So yeah, that's true. Just and the people would so park slippery. their scooters there, which they were not supposed to do, and block right. the path. But that's another complaint for another I know. day. <laughs> that's something the government should get to. But I guess they don't even. I know should have a program called that. John Complains <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> anyway, well, okay. So I guess. We're you know, wet. We're, we're dry yeah, enough. and we're looking forward to I don't know how many how many days or weeks this is going to go because usually it lasts quite a long while during this plum rain season. Do you have one of those uh, de- <sighs> dehumidifiers? Yes, that sucks out the moisture. Gosh, you know, I guess I need to turn them on now. I have a we have a room that's like for hanging the laundry when it's oh, too yeah. wet to dry outside. 
and there's a dehumidifier in there, and we just close the windows and the doors, seal it off, and let let it run overnight. Because otherwise, the way to go. nothing will dry. No, yeah, it's you're so right. damp. I know. Taiwan is like the dampest place. In the Even world. if um, I like let the uh, laundry hang out for a day and it's wet out and everything, I'll take it indoor. I don't necessarily have to turn on the dehumidifier, but just putting it indoors makes them drier than leaving them outside. You know. Because they can stay wet for a couple of days, even three or four yeah. days, if you don't take it indoors. I know? think we have some kind of we must have some kind of moisture control in the station, though, because our studios are never like damp, like the outside. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'll have to with all this machine, the equipment, you know. Yeah. yeah, over here. So, so I, it's nice to like be able to come in to work and like dry out. <laughs> yeah, hang yourself up to dry. I know. Well, that's good. Um, you were talking about how Tom is just you know known for its dampness and everything. You've heard about No Shampoo Challenge? No. It's called No Shampoo Challenge because That's shampoo is actually bad for the environment. Is it? Yeah. Oh. And so some people have gone on this um, No Poo or No Shampoo Challenge here in Taiwan. Say No Shampoo. But, it's much sounds much Okay, nicer. I know, but and they made it short. I guess it's just a play on word. Okay. Um, but I have friends who are you know, who was telling me that actually it's not a good idea to try it in Taiwan because it's too damp. Yeah. And I got so depressed about that because I was thinking, oh. Maybe I'm going to go on this challenge, you know, save on shampoo money, but also save the environment. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very first world problem. Oh, Especially at the well, time of COVID-19. Hey. We're, we're talking we're yeah, complaining I know, about being I know. damp when the rest of the world shut down. Yeah. Because, so. you know, my, my classmate, my high school classmate, um, she's in France. Mm-hmm. And she's been on this no shampoo challenge for like four months. And her hair is looking so luscious and so radiant and so awesome. And she said that she used to have thinning hair. And I was going at, whoa, you know, so no shampoo is probably better for my thinning hair than anything else. Anyway, but she's in France. It's dry out there, I guess. Yeah. No. And things, <laughs> anyway. if, you, if, it's, if you, it involves moisture, um, Taiwan's <sighs> not the place to do it. No, it isn't. Anyway. All right. Well. So we're wet. That's the conclusion. Enough talking about the wetness here. Yeah. Let's get to your letters. We All always right. love to hear from you and just what you think about our programs. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is RT at rti.org.tw and of course you can always find us on Facebook and on YouTube. Okay, here the first letter in my hand is coming to us, uh, to us from S. Selvam of India. Uh, it says here, Dear Sir and Ma'am, I listened to English language program on May 14th uh, at 0300 UTC in 15320 kHz. The signal strength was good. The reception quality for an SIO code is 343. I am using TechSoon radio receiver. Model number is BCL3000. No antenna. Today, I heard a detailed discussion about the survey of various companies in Taiwan. After that, there was some information about the healthcare workers And that was very informative. Thank you very much. I hope that all Taiwanese people are safe in this critical situation. Thank you for your your blessings. Anyway, so thank you so much. That was S. Selvam of Potichery, India. We've got a letter here from Brazil. This one coming to us from our listener in Brazil. Reginaldo Anunciação. And it says... Hello, how are you? Greetings from Brazil. Uh, thank you very much for your beautiful 2020 QSLs. I listened to your interval signal and identification and your English service news, information about Taiwan and the broader region, and relevant subjects in this segment. And there were several conversations by a female voice noted. Also listened to some beautiful instrumental music. Taiwan is a wonderful country. 
Um, under reception, it says very poor signal, but uh, this is South America. Uh, mm. We're not broadcasting there at the moment. So mm. uh, it's great, great that you could pick us up at all. Um, oh, by the way, this is our May 8th broadcast he's okay. writing about. Uh, listen to from 1120 to 1140 UTC. Uh, more specifically, the SINPO rating was 23322. Which actually doesn't sound all that. The twos are not great, but three no. is kind of average. Mm. Uh, it says, I would like to obtain information and a QSL card. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And yours sincerely, uh, Reginaldo Anunciação of Brazil. Okay, we move back to India here. This is from Jayanta Chakrabarti of New Delhi, India. It says, Dear friends at RTI, as the world struggles to contain the spread, uh, of COVID-19, I take this opportunity to wish all citizens of Taiwan good health and safety. My prayers and concern also go out to all members of RTI and their, mem- uh, and their families to tide over these difficult period, this difficult period. I also wish quick recovery of all patients who have been affected with the disease. It almost is, everyone here is, almost everyone almost, here yeah, gotten yeah. out of hospital. Yeah, thank goodness. It is heartening to note that your country has been able to tackle the menace of coronavirus most successfully than many other countries due to its pragmatic leadership and efficient healthcare system. Taiwan has been remarkably proactive in responding early, testing intensively, and communicating clearly to combat the exponential rise of infection cases. For all these efforts, Taiwan has received accolades from various countries and organizations. Not all of them. (laughs) (laughs) India is also trying hard to control the spread of the infection. There is a countrywide lockdown up to May 17th. Uh, with certain restrictions being gradually relaxed. At this crucial time, listening to RTI and visiting your webpage gives me great satisfaction. I'm forwarding a feedback on your broadcast of May 14th and uh, listened on shortwave for your verification. Reception quality was good with improved audio clarity. Uh, in fact, he listened on 6180 kilohertz and reception quality was four across the board. Um, some details of programs heard. Uh, while the world is fighting COVID-19, talent with its expertise, uh, this was uh, the news report that he listened to, um, an advanced medical healthcare system has been modeled for the world in controlling the spread of the pandemic. Thus, the cooperation of Taiwan is urgently needed to save the world from disaster. Sharing its knowledge and experience would be of paramount importance at this stage. Thus, this is not surprising that among other countries, Japan, Australia, and the EU are supporting for inclusion of Taiwan as an observer in the forthcoming meeting. Well, I believe it's already over of the World Health Assembly. I still think we should have Zoom bombed. That would have been fun. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> Look who's here. <laughs> is that possible even? I'm, I don't know. So. The U.S. could have a, given us this. <laughs> yeah, you need a passport and everything to get on it. They could have sent it to us. Yeah, yeah true. Oh, well. That oh, probably well. wouldn't have gone over well. Probably not. <laughs> Look probably who's not. here. I know. And then it says, It is time that China's pressure tactics to keep out time from WHA be exposed and challenged by the world community. Uh, among uh, Amidst the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak, the government of Taiwan is taking steps to boost its economy. Um, Prime Minister Su Zhenzhang has announced several steps like speeding up infrastructure and investment projects in the post-pandemic era. A major plan is to boost domestic demand by bringing back Taiwanese businesses from overseas. Taiwan has also announced a stimulus package of $7 billion U.S. billion towards helping the livelihoods of its affected citizens. Please stay safe, stay healthy. Well, thank you so much for your letter. That was Jayanta Chakrabarti of New Delhi, India. All right, well, thank you so much for your letters, and uh, we'd love to continue to hear from you, just uh, what programs you heard and what you think about them. So jot down our address is PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or our email address, alternatively, that's rti at rti.org.tw. And please remember to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well. 
All right. Until next week, I am Shirley Lin. I am John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Bye. Country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 